slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. I hope everybody had a good weekend under the circumstances and uh, weather starting to get pretty nice. Hard to believe that the official opening of the summer season is just a couple of weeks away, but you know what? Uh, Also, getting closer and closer is the restart of the 2019-2020 NHL season. And that's good news for Islander fans and hockey fans everywhere. We'll have the latest details. And this week will be a pivotal week in the NHL's announcements. We'll also have a look back at a pivotal game uh, in a playoff series uh, on this date in Islanders history. We'll have the latest uh, on our series of what-ifs in Islanders history with uh, what if the Islanders did not draft John Tavares back in 2009. Don't forget now, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your first order. Don't forget now, of course, if you uh, have a question, a comment, if you'd uh, like to suggest a topic for our what-ifs. We'll be doing those the rest of this week. Feel free to email us at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. If you leave your name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the air when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news and notes. So, look, let's start off this show discussing, uh, first of all, uh, a belated happy birthday to Jordan Eberly. He turned 30 over the weekend. And yes, Matthew Barzal getting on Twitter and kind of giving his uh, line mate and teammate the business on the occasion of his 30th birthday, nice little uh, tweet with a video of a of a goal scored by Eberly, set up by Barzal, and sort of just giving him the business as only teammates can on the occasion of his 30th birthday. We're always checking out Islanders' Twitter and taking a look at what's happening there, and uh, you know that was uh, pretty pretty fun stuff. Not significant, but again pretty much uh, just fun, and we were happy to hear about that. Meanwhile, looks like the NHL has been working very hard over the weekend trying to figure out what to do when play resumes, and it looks like the league is getting closer and closer 
to finalizing its plans. We're not there yet, but the return to play committee between the NHL owners and the Players Association worked throughout the weekend. More talks are expected today and tomorrow. And while we're not all the way back yet, nothing is finalized, it looks like the 24-team format is the way the league is going to go. And according to this proposal, we do not go straight into the playoffs. There will be some games to finish out the regular season uh, before we start the playoffs. But again, nothing finalized yet, but we're getting there. And right now, now there's a meeting scheduled today, Monday, at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Uh, and we will see, that's a Board of Governors meeting, and we're not sure yet whether or not Commissioner Gary Bettman will have, you know, a, a formal proposal to present to the Board of Governors, but I get the feeling that a lot of these possibilities that are being discussed right now will be worked out. Now, they're also still talking about the draft, it is going to be up to Bettman as to whether or not they go ahead with a June draft or they wait until the season is complete. We've talked about the pros and cons for both. But again, here's the tricky thing for the New York Islanders. The 24-team playoff proposal would give the Islanders a playoff berth regardless. And according to the way that most of the rumors have been going, what they would do is take the top 12 teams in each conference and they would pretty much move one team because the Metropolitan Division is deeper and has more playoff caliber teams than the Atlantic. They would take one team from the Metropolitan Division and group them for purposes of resuming play and then eventually the playoffs with the teams in the Atlantic Division. As of right now, that team would be the Rangers and the Islanders, if they started a playoff series now, would probably uh, catch the Carolina Hurricanes as their first round opponent. Again, nothing etched in stone. And... Again, we're still talking about playing games, for the most part, at hub cities, one for each division, and we're talking about no fans in the stands, and we're looking at probably each division only playing the teams in their division for the foreseeable future. Again, details to be worked out. Nothing etched in stone yet, but this week is going to be a pivotal week for the National Hockey League, and we will have you up to date. Both check our Twitter. We'll certainly talk about it as it happens on the show, but uh, I think we're getting pretty close to knowing what the NHL's final plans are to resume the game of hockey, and that is only good news for the Islanders and their fans. And if you want some more good news, try a Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Unlike other protein bars, it doesn't taste bitter, doesn't have that 
not so good texture. It's actually the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. There are 16 amazing flavors. Half of them have nuts, half of them don't. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. Built Bars are soft and easy to chew, and they're great for the health-conscious guy or gal. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. So they don't just taste good, they're also good for you. Talk about some of the flavors. How about the mint brownie? 15 grams of protein, only 110 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. We have a special offer right now for Locked On Islanders listeners. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll receive $10 off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. All right, time for this date in Islanders history. You know, the later we get into May right now, the less games we have to choose from uh, on the This Date in Islanders history feature. We're going to take you back to May 18th, 1993. And uh, this is game number two between the Islanders and the Montreal Canadiens in the Wales Conference Finals of 1993. Now, Game 1 was a 4-1 to win for Montreal. Game 2 also at the Fabulous Forum in Montreal. And again, Glenn Healy, the goalie for the New York Islanders. Patrick Waugh in between the pipes for the Montreal Canadiens. Islanders get on the board first with Patrice Brisbois off for holding at 12.37. The Islanders get a power play goal. It comes from Pierre Turgeon, his fifth of the playoffs from Vladimir Malakov and Steve Thomas at 13.41. And after one period, the Islanders held a one to nothing advantage. Second period was all Canadiens. Brian Bellows gets his fourth of the playoffs from Benoit Brunet and Kirk Muller at 540, and the game was tied at one apiece. Then, Stefan LeBeau got his first goal of the playoffs. Gilbert Dion and Patrick Waugh with the assists at 949, and at the end of 40 minutes, the Canadiens held a 2-1 edge over the Islanders. To their credit, though, the Islanders bounced back and got the game even midway through the third period. After killing off a Darius Kasparitis penalty, the Islanders returned to even strength. And then two minutes later, Steve Thomas, his seventh of the playoffs, goalie Glenn Healy with the helper at 1035. And the game is even at two apiece. Then the Islanders go out in front two minutes and six seconds later. David Volek, his third of the playoffs. Brad Delgarno and Pierre Turgeon with the assists. 12.41, the time of the goal. And the Islanders had a 3-2 lead on the road with a chance to even the series at one. But with five minutes and ten seconds left in regulation... Paul DiPietro gets his fifth goal of the playoffs, assists to J.J. Daigneault and Dennis Savard at 1450, 
and the game was tied at 3-3 at the end of regulation. We head to overtime. Both teams had power play chances in the first overtime. First, it was the Islanders. J.J. Daniel called for roughing at 13-12, but the Canadians kill off the power play. Islanders unable to convert. Then in the closing seconds, or the closing minute and a half, really, of the first overtime, Dennis Vasky of the Islanders is called for cross-checking. The Islanders managed to kill that off. It carries over into the second overtime. But again, uh, the Islanders are able to kill the penalty off and stay alive. In double overtime, finally, the game ends at 6:21 when Stefan LeBeau gets his second of the game and his second of the playoffs. Vincent Damfus and Patrice Brisbois with the assists, and the Canadiens skate away with a 4-3 double overtime victory over the Islanders and take a 2-0 lead in the series. For the Islanders, only uh, a couple of guys with multi-point games, both Steve Thomas and Pierre Turgeon with one goal and one assist. No Islander was plus in the plus-minus. As far as shots on goal go, Pierre Turgeon had 10 of the Islanders' 42 shots in this game. Steve Thomas had six, and Tom Curvers, the defenseman, added five. Glenn Healy made 37 saves in a losing cause, although he played quite well. Patrick Waugh, 39 saves in 86 minutes and 21 seconds of action for the Canadiens. As a result of this, again, Montreal took a 2 to nothing lead in this series, uh, which was the Wales Conference Final. Winner of this one would go to the Stanley Cup Final. But, uh, again, the Islanders now heading back to the Coliseum for Game 3 in a 2 to nothing hole. That took place on this date in Islanders history, May 18th, 1993. All right, we continue our series on the biggest what-ifs in Islanders history. And the what-if that we have right now is, uh, what if the Islanders did not draft John Tavares with the first overall pick in the 2009 NHL entry draft? Now, you may remember there were three players in that 2009 draft who were rated ahead of all the rest. And the Islanders, you know, win the lottery. They are the first overall pick. Tampa Bay has the second pick. Colorado, the Avalanche, with the third pick. And the three players that were available who were, you know, in that first tier that year were John Tavares, from the London Knights of the OHL, Swedish star Victor Hedman, the defenseman, and then Matt Duchesne from the Brampton Battalion, also of the Ontario Junior Hockey League. And I'll tell you this, Garth Snow, GM at the time, did a very good job of keeping his cards close to the vest and not telling the media, not letting it leak out there, who the Islanders were going to take with that first overall pick. 
Tavares was by far, well, not by far, but Tavares was the consensus number one overall pick. He was ranked ahead of Hedman and Duchesne, but, you know, the question is, you look back, and, you know, in 1973, the Islanders had that first overall pick, used it on a defenseman, Dennis Potvin, who became the cornerstone of the Stanley Cup dynasty teams and the captain of those Stanley Cup dynasty teams. Would they repeat it by going after Hedman and building around him? It seems to me that Hedman would have been the more logical choice if they weren't going to pick Tavares. Uh, Because, again, Tavares rated ahead of Duchesne. They were both centers, both you know, predominantly offensive defensemen, I mean, offensive forwards, rather, scoring centers, and Hedman represented that big, strong defenseman who you could build around on the other end. So what would have been different had the Islanders taken Hedman instead of Tavares? Well, first of all, the Islanders had another first-round pick in that 2009 draft. That was the 12th pick overall, and they used it to take Calvin DeHaan of the Oshawa Generals, also of the Ontario Junior Hockey League. If they took Hedman with that first pick, I seriously doubt that they would have also taken DeHaan. So that sort of uh, would have been different right away. By the way, the 16th overall pick in that draft by the Minnesota Wild, the defenseman uh, named Nick Letty, who uh, is, of course, now with the Islanders. But here's the thing uh, about Hedman. Hedman, 6'6", 229, uh, a big physical defenseman. But most of the time, defensemen take longer to develop than forwards. And clearly, John Tavares had more of an immediate impact on the Islanders than Hedman would have. And yeah, you know, the Islanders improved 18 points in that first season with Tavares in the lineup over the 2008-2009 season. But you know what? Here's the bottom line. They didn't make the playoffs until Tavares' fourth season in the lockout shortened 2012-2013 campaign. So, you know, they probably would not have made the playoffs with Hedman either. Defensemen take longer to develop. And you look at the first three seasons that Hedman had, 20 points in his rookie year, a minus plus minus rating, minus three. 26 points in his second season, a plus three rating, and then five goals and 23 points in his third season, although he only played 61 games, he was also a minus nine. Hedman, I think, would not have been as good of a choice to be the face of the franchise. Uh, You know, having Tavares there as a... uh, as a center who speaks English as his first language, uh, 
a little bit more of a flashy player on the ice, but Hedman really kicked in and became an elite player in his fourth season, the 2012-2013 campaign, 20 points in 44 games during that year, and then the following season, he really picks it up, 55 points, and from then on in, he is more or less and continues to be an elite defenseman in this league. Uh, I think in the long run, the Islanders probably would have, A, taken a forward instead of Calvin DeHaan, and B, possibly could have struggled a little bit more initially with Hedman there, because again, Hedman had to take time to get stronger and learn the NHL game as opposed to playing in European ranks. You know, he was in the Swedish Elite League playing against adults, but at the same time, uh, you know, the rink is wider, the angles are different, the strategy and the way they play is slightly different, and so the Islanders would have had to struggle perhaps a little bit more initially with Hedman, but that's not to say that Hedman, who became a good leader on the Lightning, and again, one of those players that the Lightning did build around, wouldn't have been an acceptable building block for the New York Islanders. Now, would the Islanders have paid Hedman uh, when and if he became a free agent? I think that would have been a real possibility in the sense that, you know, they offered Tavares a very nice contract that John Tavares decided not to take, mostly because he wanted to go back and play for the Maple Leafs, who were his childhood team that he grew up rooting for. You know, he's from Ontario, and it certainly made sense, from a personal perspective at least, for Tavares to go back to the Maple Leafs. You wouldn't have had that issue with Victor Hedman unless he decided to go back to Sweden. But, you know, as of right now, he's still with the Lightning and still playing at a very high level. Just to let you know, uh, first of all, he won the Norris Trophy in 2017-2018. And second of all, this year, uh, again, playing at a very high level, 65 games so far, 11 goals and 55 points for the defenseman Victor Hedman, and he is a plus 27, which is the second best mark in his career. His best season, again, being that 2017-2018 Norris winning season when he had a plus 32. Now, had we finished out the schedule, it's possible Hedman does that. You know, I think in the long run, on the ice at least, the Islanders might have been better off drafting Hedman over Tavares. But certainly, you know, the buzz and excitement that Tavares generated, I think, was the big reason that the Islanders went with JT more than anything. And I don't know if they would have had quite as much of that buzz and the team needed it badly back in 2009. Uh, so, in the end... They do take John Tavares, but we're looking at a very different kind of a team, and I think Victor Hedman would probably still be with the Islanders if the team would have drafted him back in 2009.
That's going to do it for us on today's episode of Locked On Islanders. Now, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NHL for a North American-wide perspective on the world of hockey. Have a great day, everybody. Remember, every day gets us one day closer to the resumption of Islanders hockey. Have a good one. We'll be back tomorrow with more of Locked On Islanders. And of course, let's go Islanders.